Smug is delicate, and he's dying. But we must make our first sacrifice to the confirmation gods. Welcome to Ruthless. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. If Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking, Mr. That's President. okay. I know you're not thinking. You never do. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media. We are born free and we will stay free. Yes, that's, that, that is accurate. You know, that is very fact-based to say that I am dying. Now, uh, now struggling to hold on. To be clear, you don't have the Rona. It is not the Rona. What you're claiming is the source of your ailments here is travel. Correct. This is, uh, I've had many experts look into this. This is a very acute uh, and life-threatening form of uh, jet lag where, you know, the best that I've had it explained to me is that uh, I traveled, coming back to the U.S., I traveled uh, across three continents and something like seven time zones in the opposite direction of the world's rotation (laughs) in under 24 hours. So that has had some, like, very bad uh, effects on my health. My, my favorite, my favorite part about this is that you took a vacation and now you're Amelia Earhart. I'm dying. Defying, defying health standards and recommendations. I mean, it's. I, I haven't eaten in like five days. I have no appetite. I've been just like losing weight, wasting away. You haven't uh, eaten. Who's taking care of you? No one. No one is taking care of. This is probably the most frustrating part. I'm not going to name names, but. I should be taken care of. I shouldn't have to ask and instruct people that I need to be taken care of. I shouldn't have to text people. You're a man of great stature. I, I assumed that you would have uh, I, what I can only imagine is, is a, a whole host of people lining up to try to, try to wait on you in the, your time of need. You would think so. You would think so. But, you know, there's a lot to be said about a, a, a lack of knowing how to care for someone when they are dying. And, and that's what this comes down to. And to be clear, jet lag is, is the killer here. It's, it's, you know, it's the worst case of jet lag likely known to man. I mean, it's, I, I have no appetite. I have no energy. Uh, I'm very close to death. I can feel like, you know, the Reaper constantly, <laughs> like near me, circling, waiting for me. Do you have, are you taking any medication? I mean, you name it. I have like body aches. Uh, no. I, I, all I can do is sleep. I, I, you know, it's not the Rona. I have no cough or anything like do that. Do we send you back to the McLean pharmacy? I feel like you might need to jam something in your nose again. I mean, it's absolutely not the Rona. It's just, it's just death. It's just my body is dying. It's slowly dying. Where the hell's Foley? Foley is worthless. I mean, he's done nothing. You know, he's, he's an e-boy at this point. He's just a celebrity. He, so... You, you lie wasting away yep. in, your, in your home with a landline. <laughs> Correct. I mean, this Wait. is why you need a landline. It's like for emergency situations like this. 
who so last episode on the thanksgiving episode at the end we had a uh which by the way we've gotten great feedback from that episode i think people really took it to heart and actually yeah. implemented a lot of the recommendations <laughs> i mean but, it did great it did great numbers thanks it, thanks again folks yeah it did it did really well but uh at the end of it your landline rang and i promised the listeners that we would have a discussion about what it's like to be in the, the year 2020 with the technology available to Americans and have a landline telephone. I mean, I think it's weird people don't have a landline. <laughs> that's so strange that someone would not have a landline. Like you just have your mobile phone and that's it. You're just walking around with your phone. Is that what's going on here? It was just a boomer <laughs> episode of all time. The guy takes a vacation and he's on his back for five days listening to his landline. It, it, I, I think it's just, you know, as an adult, you have a landline. It's simple as that, cut and dry. Who does not have a landline? Like, let's oh. be serious here. Who has the number? Is this, is this a widely available number? Like, can I get it's my a, hands on this? It's a very rarely given out number. Very rarely given out number. Does Foldy have the number? Foldy's got the number. And that's, that's so that's basically the sum and substance of a call is coming in are, are Foldy. And yet, still, he's not taking care of you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? You know, he's got like the bat line and still he does nothing. <laughs> but what are you going to do, right? What are you going to well, do? Well, we all admire your tenacity and commitment, frankly, yeah. um, to dust yourself off and sit on the pod here to make our first ritualistic sacrifice to the confirmation gods. Um, Hell Yes. It's not going to be our last. I can tell you I've got a lot to say about a whole bunch of them. But this one came up first um, because, frankly, she's a horrible person. Absolute monster. Absolute monster. Zero redeemable qualities. Just, I mean, to call her a person is, is an insult to humanity. It, it really is. And so, so here's, we're talking about Neera Tandon. And you may have seen the news that, Joe Biden intends to nominate her to be the head of the Office of Management and Budget, um, which has an outsized role in government. Frankly, it controls a lot of stuff. I mean, every regulatory action taken by any of the agencies go over their, her desk. All of the budget, obviously, in the name goes over her desk. Like, this is, this is a significant position. It's not just like, you know, some throwaway deal. And, and as such, Senate confirmation is required. So this is where the story begins. I said on Twitter um, on, I think it was yesterday or two days ago when her nomination was announced um, that I thought she was the, the first sacrifice to the Trump, uh, confirmation gods. And I really believe that because she's, she's basically a comic book version of a terrible nominee. <laughs> she is the worst person. And the thing is, she's not just hated by the right she is just as hated by the left like her entire life her existence is based on you know believing that one day hillary clinton will be president and her entire life was devoted to that moment like oh. she, she, that was the only reason for her existence and when that didn't happen it's like she had she had no purpose you know for all these years of being a terrible person doing terrible deeds uh for nothing <laughs> And now I guess this is like her last chance uh, to matter. And I don't think it's going to work out. Well, here's the thing. Like, I wonder when they pulled the trigger, had they ever met Neera Tandon? Because I'll, I'll be honest, like I've met her on several occasions because I had to suffer through 
green rooms with her. She goes on cable TV. I mean, she's like, you know, fast fancies herself as a, a part of the media glitterati. But here's the thing. Nobody likes her. Not no even the, like the producers hate her. The hosts hate her. Her fellow leftist guests hate her. Uh, I mean, everyone I know thinks that she is a vindictive, amoral, political sociopath. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> But like, don't take my word for it. Let's play the, the clip of a, of a fellow leftist who's been on fire, by the way, lately, uh, Glenn Greenwald. She's totally unqualified for this position. Like, she's not an economist. She went to law school. She worked for Hillary Clinton. And then all she's done at this think tank for the last 10 years is raise millions of dollars from Silicon Valley, Wall Street, despots in, in the Gulf states, which is the real base of the Democratic Party. So they want her to oversee the regulatory and budgetary and economic policy of the administration on behalf of their real constituencies, which is all those people from whom she's been raising millions of dollars. But the thing is, Tucker, that just makes her an ordinary Democrat. She's just a swamp creature in that regard. She's a deranged and dangerous person. I don't mean just politically. I mean, like, behaviorally. So he's totally right. I mean, (laughs) she's completely unqualified and incredibly dangerous. He's been on fire lately. He did kind of nail it. I mean, he's, he totally nailed it. I love the fact that he's, he believes what he believes and, and calls out anybody and everybody, yeah. whether they're a Democrat or Republican, who, who comes at him. He has just been laying waste to the Democratic Party lately. I mean, so the thing is, is that we can tell you that Nira is a horrible human being, but you don't have to take our word for it. There's just like a trail of evil deeds that she's left in her wake. The one I'm going to bring up is... Uh, uh, her, the sexual harassment situation where oh, yeah. uh, BuzzFeed reported on this uh, two days after BuzzFeed News unveiled allegations of sexual harassment and retaliation at one of the nation's top liberal think tanks, the Center for American Progress. That's where Nira, you know, ran the show. Nira Tandon met with staff to restore confidence in the organization's ability to handle the issue and ensure that employees feel safe. Uh, meanwhile, at that meeting, she just leaked the name of the victim. <laughs> Straight up. She outed the victim by name. And, and the, the report says that the entire staff audibly gasped. <laughs> Who does this? Who like, does this? I, I mean, just for those of you picturing this in your head, I mean, this is as if somebody in your workplace was groped by somebody else in a, in a to- manner to- completely inappropriate and went through the appropriate channels to try to, you know, basically bring this person to justice. And the president of the, of the place that you work, rather than taking that seriously, just tells the whole staff who you are. Yeah, just brings it up like, hey, casually, it's time to out this person. <laughs> I mean, welcome, welcome to today's Democratic Party. What a perfect juxtaposition. Me too, right? They Perfect. really, they. I mean, I think Mira is a great encapsulation of the whole neoliberalism mindset of nothing matters. Like these people have no morals. They have no beliefs. They have no core. All they want is power. Like she has no talent whatsoever, no skills, <laughs> no redeeming qualities. She just wants power. And so she got it the old fashioned way of just kissing up to people, hoping to like, you know, get dragged along. Like she got this plum gig at Center for American Progress, even though she does nothing, you know, because yeah, she's I mean, just my a, understanding a is that, it, Yeah, it was just a, because she was the person who would basically go to the end of the earth defending Hillary Clinton, which, much. which I think brings up a good 
part about her, her temperament, in addition to her judgment that we just uh, covered. Her temperament, the New York Times had this just absolutely wonderful piece about how crazy she is. Um, and uh, the, the, the uh, started basically with the fact that she punched a reporter. <laughs> I mean, listen, I guess she's not all bad, you know. I guess sometimes Nira is good. <laughs> I knew that would be the one redeeming quality that you would find. But she, she re- punched a reporter after somebody was from the left was challenging Hillary Clinton's views uh, on the Iraq war. Right. And she thought this was going to be like a bunny interview. And the reporter actually asked her a couple of questions. How dare he? And she ends up punching the guy. <laughs> you know, and, and what a small world it is. Didn't that uh, reporter that she ended up punching end up becoming Bernie's campaign manager? Sure enough. Amazing. Sure enough. Yeah. You know, Foz ended up at running Bernie Sanders's campaign and actually held uh, low regard for Nira as a result <laughs> of all of that. <laughs> But good for him. Yeah, good for him. Good for him taking a punch from Nira Tandon. But but so the New York Times went on to report, which I I just I love this. One recent night, Miss Tandon feuded with twit on Twitter with liberals over whether Mrs. Clinton condemned far right hate mongers strongly enough than she did eight years ago. To online bickering raged for an hour, drawing trolls from both factions, with the women originally targeted by Mrs. Uh, Tandon's tweets delivered a wake-up call. This is what great is. This is the woman who's arguing with Tandon on Twitter. Nira, you're responding to a graduate student on Twitter at 1.40 a.m. <laughs> that is so perfect. Like that is, That's her in a nutshell. And now she's been apparently just like going back and deleting tweets nonstop. Yeah, so she spent the last three days deleting thousands of tweets that were personal attacks on the senators that she's now asking uh, for confirmation votes. And I'll give you a couple really awesome ones. She, she had uh, Susan Collins in her sites, you know, who, who uh, I personally think is fantastic, won a big uh, reelection a month ago, and now is, is basically the most centrist vote in the, in the Senate. And so if she's going to get confirmed, you have to have Susan Collins. Well, here's what she said about Susan Collins. Terrible people do terrible things. The mask is off. Susan Collins is a terrible person. Amazing. And then that's like, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> Susan Collins leans, but she straightens up and falls in lockstep with her art colleagues. Don't trust that senator. <laughs> like, Nira really should have never gotten on Twitter. All it's done is bring her pain and make her... The thing is that I guess it's been very revealing because everyone just realized Nira's a complete idiot because like her tweets are just like, you know, there's no filter straight from her empty, hollow head. None. To Twitter. Another person that she's likely going to have to get their vote if she was to be confirmed is Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney says, uh, or here's what she has to say about Mitt Romney. Um, people don't like Romney, so it's easy to believe he lies. <laughs> That's not going to help during uh, confirmation. I mean, I mean, look, from punching reporters to just generally being a jerk, to insulting the people she needs their votes, to having the temperament of a drunk teenager, this lady needs to be the first sacrifice to the confirmation gods. We should, we should do that. We should draw the line in the sand. Uh, yeah. Ruthless, we are going to 
make sure she does not get confirmed. That, that That's going to be one of the purposes of this show going forward is making sure Nira Tannen does not get confirmed. How about that? Yeah, that's such a pr- great way to handle it. I think that's exactly right. Everybody who's listening, make sure that your senators understand what's going on here. This yep. lady has absolutely no business being anywhere near government. Nope. Yeah. Nope. All right. So we covered Nira. I mean, honestly, I feel like there's so much more with Nira. We're going to maybe pepper some in oh, yeah. <laughs> after this. But I that's, mean, that's the thing is like, that's just like the tip of the iceberg, man. There's just so much there. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I'd love to see how her Thanksgiving. I wish she had a conservative relative that were punted her turkey. Oh yeah, I mean, she, she. That's the other problem I think with Nira is she's never been in a room with people who have differing opinions because then she'd realize she's an idiot. Her mind can't like comprehend that. You know, <laughs> she hasn't been allowed to consider the fact that she's a complete moron. Right, right, right. Uh, so, all right, the next topic that we've got to cover here. Uh, AP reports President-elect Joe Biden will likely wear a walking boot for the next several weeks as he recovers from breaking his right foot while playing with his dogs, his doctor said. Smug, what's your take? How the fuck? That is not normal. Playing with the dog leads to broken foot? Like, what the hell? Like, how is that supposed to be normal? I'm... It's hard to know where to start here because on one hand... Like the fact that he's a million years old has basically been <laughs> been what everybody's focused on for the last few months. And like right after the election, sure enough, his brittle bones break. But um, isn't that also like, uh, you know, having those brittle bones is like a consequence of having low T? <laughs> I think I, I think that's the truth. I bet on that. Well, you know, Mr. Trump had historically high T. Many people are saying. Many people are Many saying. People are saying. He needed the medication for the high tea. I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And have we seen any photos or videos of Biden since? Well, that's the thing. So my problem with all this is not necessarily that uh, Joe Biden is 8 million years old, which he is. Um, it, my problem is the immediate reaction from the media uh, to this event is, of course, he's broken his football playing with the dog. We praise him for all of the transparency that he has shown yeah. in revealing this break. Meanwhile, nobody's seen him since it happened. No, no. And you've had journalists be like, so the Bidens have gotten a dog. Here's what it means. Like, you know, they're having like pet psychics talk about the dogs. Like this is what journalism is now. Like, do we, do we remember? I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago. McConnell had a bruised hand and the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Associated Press literally every single media outlet in the English speaking world wrote like blaring headlines. What's up with McConnell's hands. You remember that? Yeah. I remember that. I mean, hell, McConnell has dogs too, you know, or Chuck Schumer and Dick Durbin. They're very well behaved. (laughs) Very well behaved. He keeps them in line. Frankly, sometimes he's got to give them a smack and therefore his hands were bruised. (laughs) There's the explanation, folks. You know, so there it is. His hands are, but but the contrast in how they handled this, like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with Mitch McConnell? Yeah. To uh, Biden's foot, he just broke his foot with his dog. No big deal. It's moving on. Totally normal. Just, you know, most people, when they play with a puppy, just break bones. Yeah. That's very normal, folks. (laughs) Playing with a puppy leads to broken bones. That's normal. The media is like, oh, yeah, he's got a dog. That's great. Now meet his all-women uh, press staff. Let's write a Vogue cover story on it. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. You know, they're so ready for their vacation. They've been waiting so long to not have to do any work. They're so happy. And it, it's, been, it's been amazing to watch. I mean, we're going to be covering a lot of that. Um, one thing that we have to talk about before we go, because we promised all of you that we would, is the great state of Georgia. Absolutely. And there's one uh, thing that I saw today that I thought was truly amazing. The, the Secretary of State down there, which is, he's been a disaster from the very beginning as a Republican, but you know, from the president's Twitter feed, he has uh, not been terrific. But he is doing some investigations down there into um, voter registration of people who are not actually from Georgia, lo and behold. Right. Turns out Republicans kind of have a point here. Well, they found out that one of the organizations that was responsible for registering people all over the country, New York, whatever, in Georgia to vote in Georgia uh, was an organization that was run by Raphael Warnock. Yep. I heard about that. The Senate candidate, the Free Beacon reported today that, that the Senate candidate running against Kelly Leffler, who's been on the program. Mm-hmm. Um, Friend of the pod. A friend of a friend of our program, that he, that he has been in charge of registering people in Georgia who do not live in Georgia. I mean, there it is, folks. There it is. I, could this guy be any more flawed of a candidate? By the way, it's like everything from Castro to I mean, now you got voting registration problems, leftist beyond belief. This guy might be the, the worst Senate candidate I've ever seen. Did he run over his wife with a car or something? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, unreal. But there's a thing about that too. I mean, he's got some some like agreement with her as a court filing that she can't speak about any of this. Oh my god! So we have How no sketchy idea. is that, dude? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this dude's a bad. We have an agreement. You can't talk about when I hit you with the car. <laughs> and Chuck Schumer's like double thumbs up, buddy. Yeah, that, fantastic. We got a winner right here. Life. <laughs> Oh, well, we got to win Georgia. We got to win Georgia. We got to win Georgia. It is the difference between absolute annihilation and people like Neera Tandon becoming, becoming the director of office management and budget and sending those people exactly where they deserve to be at home by themselves, living their lonely lives with all of their cats. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's it. It's that simple. So, folks, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, Smug most of all. For, for really, you know, standing up to what appears to be a, an illness like nobody has ever experienced before. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, I'm just dying. That's all it is. I'm, I'm facing death bravely. And, you know, in my final moments, I, I know that people want, want an episode of Ruthless. So if, if these are my dying moments, they were well spent. And I want, I want this commitment. If they actually have to plug Smug in at some point, whether it's a feeding tube or mm-hmm. an iron lung, we're going to go live yeah. on Ruthless and we're going to take it to you to his last moments. I give permission. Like, you know, I guess if a lawyer wants to use this as permission, if I am dying and plugged up to some machine, you can use that for content. <laughs> <laughs> That's I owe it to the folks, to the minions. A, a champion till the end. Thank you, Smug. All right. Well, I mean, this was a pretty good episode. It was an amazing episode, to be honest. Uh, even though I'm struggling to survive, I was happy to be here. Uh, get this episode in the can. We got some amazing interviews coming up. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, but next week should be pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so until the Thursday episode, minions keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. 
stay ruthless. We'll see you on Thursday.